Now we thank God that we have a God that we can feel, yeah. right? But we're never called to live by our feelings. So you have to decide what you're going to get out of church. Tell your neighbor, say, you have to decide what you're going to get out of church. That's right. You have to decide what you're going to get out of church. So I'm going to teach these, the, these things that we've been saying for the past couple weeks. Share some testimonies. Pray for the sick. We all go home. All right? So one of the things that we say in Fellowship of Champions a lot is that somebody's going to get blessed today. So all of the visitors may not have known that we were going to say, it might as well be me. You got up, you came to church. You could have slept in, you could have went to brunch. You could have been out of town, but you're here. So you might as well decide to get something yes. out of the service. So somebody's going to get blessed today. Might as well be me. Someone's going to get healed today. Might as well be me. Someone's going to get delivered today. Someone's going to have a breakthrough today. Someone is stepping into the best week of this year so far. No, you got to have an expectation. You know, for years, Pastor Edwin and I, we used to ask this question, how happy are you on a daily today basis? Most people who know me know I cruise oh, at eight. I cruise at eight. <laughs> you get all the people I love together in the room. I'm at ten. I'm crying. It don't really take a lot for me to be happy because I've chosen happiness, and nobody else gets to decide whether I'm happy or not. Ask your neighbor, say, have you chosen to be happy? Or is life still deciding whether you're happy or not? I choose happy. I am saved. I remember what it was like not to be saved. If don't nothing else happen, I am happy because I'm saved. I know how y'all gas it up like you having so much fun out there in the streets. I was out there. You ain't having that much fun. Ain't nothing fun about having to get high to go out to have fun. Ain't nothing high about having a drink in order to go out and have fun. You got to get so drunk that you don't notice that a bunch of other drunk people is laying all over you. That ain't fun. You know what's fun? This right here. To be filled with the Holy Ghost. To have good relationships. To have a pale mind. Not always be in some kind of drama. Could you try to tell your neighbor say, reality TV. Reality TV. It's for TV. It's for TV. Not your life. Not your life. Hey, you reality it. TV. It's for TV. It's for entertainment. It don't have to be your life. I'm saved, so I choose to be happy. And then we serve a good God. Tell your neighbor, say, we got a good God. We serve a really, really good God. So we're really, really, really good God. A really, really good God. A really, really big God. And here's what happens when people start to get healed and delivered and set free. This is all that really happens. You begin to realize that God is bigger than. That's how healing comes. You realize that God is bigger than. How does deliverance from addiction come? You realize that God is bigger than. How does being healed from a broken heart come? You realize that God is bigger than. Tell your neighbor, say, whatever you're facing. Whatever you're facing. God is. God is. Bigger than. Bigger than. Say, whatever you will face. Whatever you will face. God is. God is. Bigger than. Bigger than. See, when that becomes your reality, it's easy to be happy. 
Come on. Yes. When your reality is whatever life may attempt to throw at me, I'm not moved by that because the God that I serve is bigger than that. So whatever I'm facing can only be temporary because I trust God more than I trust what I see. Four core beliefs to walk in faith. These are four things you've got to believe to walk in faith. You should write them down. You should memorize them. In the Old Testament, they would say you should put them on your door frame. You should tattoo them on your eyes. You should keep them so you can see them. Yes. Number one, God is exactly who he says he is. Amen. What you say? I'm going to say that one again. Number one is what, guys? God, God is. Exactly who he says he is. Number two, God does exactly what he says he will do. Number three, I am exactly who God says I am. So number one is that God is exactly who he says he is. I just want to challenge your thinking a little bit. If your God isn't the God of the Bible, why do you keep getting up coming to church? Why would you call on a God that you that isn't any stronger than you? That you dummy down to make to be you instead of who he is. So God is exactly who he says he is. God does exactly what he says he will do. Number three. I am exactly who God says I am. If you get one and two, number three becomes easy. Yeah. If God is exactly who he says he is, and I am exactly, I mean, God, if God is exactly who he says he is, and he does exactly who he said, what he says he will do, then I got to be exactly who he says I am because yeah. he doesn't lie. Yeah. Say, I am, I am. exactly yeah. who God says I am. So I do, number four, exactly what God tells me to do. Amen. These principles of faith, they will change your life. If you walk in that, it will shift every circumstance that you could ever face in your life. You wouldn't be anxious. You wouldn't be worried. When worry tries to come and sit on you, you would remind yourself, wait a minute, who is my God? My God is exactly who he says he is. And he does exactly what he says he would do. Amen. One of the challenges for a lot of believers is that believers don't love the word. Believers like church. Believers like music. But believers don't love the word. That's right. In fact, some people gave their best effort in praise and worship. Now they're going to fade to black the whole rest of the time that I'm talking but the reason that sometimes it's so hard for you to get to praise and worship is that you didn't hear the word that would let you know why we was praising to begin with. Oh, my. Oh, my. Because if you had read that God was good, Come on. if you had read bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that was in me, you wouldn't be shocked that when we said bless the Lord that people started praising because you had already read it and you would already understand it. The word is not a normal book. Tell your neighbor, say the Bible. The Bible is not just a book. It's not just a book. Hebrews 4 says that the word is sharp. It is a two-edged sword. It is sharper than any sword, and it divides between the soul and spirit. It is a living, breathing, it is alive. It is an epistle. Something supernatural happens when you get the word in you. Now, let me just submit this to you. If something can, if something 
natural can happen because you get a song in you. Then something supernatural can happen because you get the word in you. Now think about it. If a natural song can make you do something, then a supernatural word could make you be something. For example, there was a song, I bust the windows out your car. That song gave a lot of women courage and they was busting windows out somebody's car. Because a song that has words can move you naturally. Some dudes didn't even know how much trouble they was in until they came out to their car. And they said that dame Jasmine Sullivan look at what she did to us. There are other songs that make people move. If you got a favorite song, if you hear the electric slide, everybody who knows the electric slide knows that there's a certain movement. I, you don't even hear it. I just said it. And people start electric slide. Why? Because if a word can move you naturally, then this word can move you supernaturally. There's a certain fraternity that everybody knows that if you play this one thing, everybody else better get out the way. It doesn't matter how well-dressed they are. It doesn't matter that they're pastors and sing on the praise team. It doesn't matter because if the song starts to be played, can you just give me a little more? If the song starts to be played, they fighting to stay in their seat. Their natural inclination is to jump up and to respond because a natural word can make you move. Now it's the words penned by Jasmine Sullivan and George Clinton can make you move. How much more should this do for you? So, if, if Jasmine can make you bust the window, and George can make you hop, everybody said hop, and George can make you hop, then a word of healing ought to produce healing. Here's the question. Do you believe the word of healing like you believe Jasmine? Do you believe the word of healing? Come on. Come on now. Come on now. And what's your response to it? Come on now. Bruh, the bruh. The bruh's hot. Because they have been trained that when a certain sound is released, that there is a response. I'm just trying to understand when the word is released, have you trained yourself to have a response? So, I know this for a fact. I laugh, it's just jokes to anybody who's watching, but. The first cue I loved was my Uncle Keith, and he pledged in 76. So I tell Strick, I was a bruh for you was. <laughs> he took me up there, 
He let him wear his purple shirt. I've been a bro a long time. Not, not really. Don't know. Look, don't play no games or try to. Right, no, we just playing, okay? But what I noticed that in any room, that in any room, whether they old, whether they young, I have been in places and watched men who look like they could barely walk at the alumni reunion. They shuffled in, but something about that music began to quicken them and they began to respond. So if our own bro and our brothers can be quickened by a song, what ought to happen to you when the word comes forth? the bros because they song is the most potent. Everybody know it. If, you, Everybody if, if, if you black up into a black party, you know it, okay? If that word, if that song is released, you can identify the bros one of them. all over Come on, the room. Pastor. Come on now. You can identify them. You'll be like, somebody will hop and you'll be like, I didn't even know he was a kill. Why? Because the music, the words become a clarion call that call him out of hiding into his rightful place. So when the praise goes forth, people ought to be able to identify praises all over the world. And it shouldn't matter your background. Because what they give you a Kojic sound uh -huh. that or whether they give you a country sound. Come on now. <laughs> if you are a praiser, if you believe the word, something on the inside of you ought to respond. You were saved by a word. The same blood, the same blood that saves. Turn and take neighbors because they didn't know. The same blood that saves. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. See that stuff. Yes, One of the challenges with healing is that people judge healing by what they look like and what they feel. Instead of what was said over there. When Edwin is dressed up and people don't know him, they typically don't assume that he is an omega. They typically assume that he is something else because of what he looks like when he's fully dressed up. But because he looks like it doesn't make him it. So he's not judging his affiliation based on what he looks like. He's judging his affiliation based on the word that's already been said. His name's already been written in the book. Jesus said, if I 
Yeah. 
meth, she looked like she was on meth. Hey, yeah. come on now. She help, messed help, around help. and wandered into a church right next like one night in a service like this. Stoned out her mind. Got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost with so much power that she became sober yeah. when the Holy Ghost yeah. touched her. I know 
but who you believe in. I know your kid is acting crazy, but who you believe in. I know you're going through some stuff, but who you believe in. Let's go to Psalm 103. Yes, let's go. And then here's what we're going to do. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you want to give your life to the Lord, you'll give you the opportunity today. If you want to read that scripture, I'm going to give you the opportunity today. Thank you, Lord. And if you want to get prayed for, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. Yes, God. So, Psalms 103. I think this is really important. I need you to understand this. In Mark 16, it says, Those that believe will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That's what Mark 16 says. You, if you're a believer, you will lay hands on the sick and you shall recover. And Pastor Ellen and I were having this conversation today about how the more healings that we have here, the more people tend to look at us. We don't heal. No. Yes. Jesus heals. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My kids have laid hands on the sick. God isn't doing this because we're pastors. He's doing this because we're taking the word seriously. So if you take the word seriously at your house, if you take the word seriously at your job, if you take the word seriously in school, wherever you take the word seriously, the word will be serious about you. So you need to understand that when you lay hands on the sick, because a lot of times people are afraid to lay hands on the sick because you think, what if nothing happens? Tell your neighbor, say, you, you don't provide the healing. Don't provide the healing. That's right. Amen. God does. Amen. And if you're looking at yourself, that's why nothing happens. Because you are not a healer. The Bible is filled with people. That God did something because they did something. Oh my God. Oh, come on, when Moses was at the Red Sea, what did God say? He said, stretch out your rod. He stretched out the rod. That's what he could do. God parted the sea. That's what he could do. When we lay hands on the sick, we do it because that's what we can do. But he does the healing because that's what he can do. But God made it rain. Yes. Noah built. God sent the rain. Stop looking at yourself. Whether you're laying hands or receiving healing, stop looking at yourself. Abraham said this. He said he considered not his own body. He hoped against hope. Yes. When I was growing up in Baptist church, they used to sing this song, God Specialized. Hey. Yeah. In things impossible. If the God you serve don't do nothing impossible, you're rocking with the wrong God. Because from Genesis to Revelation, you see impossibility becoming possible. And God is looking for a people that will take him seriously. So when you find you know why some people never get a harvest? This is true. Why some people never get a harvest off their seed? They don't take it seriously. They give because they're afraid they're going to get in trouble. Come on. They give because they don't want people to judge them. But I remember when I read Luke six thirty eight. He said, "Wait, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom." Yeah. That's sure. I 
can't make the men give. But I can give. And if I do my part, God is faithful to do his part. Some of you, your challenge is that you don't think that God is any more faithful than you are. That's good. You think that God's faithfulness matches your faithfulness. Because you know you do what you feel like doing. You go through the motions. God's never going through the motions with you. You in here. Come on. So I'm telling you, set your mind. Listen to Psalms 103. Listen to Psalms 103. And this morning we're going to do something a little different. But I'll tell you that after we read Psalms 103. Bless the Lord on my soul.
they make that seat with the ability to be replaced. Didn't you? In fact, when you buy a new car, you can actually change out the seats. If, if the seats are cloth and you wanted leather, but you like the vehicle, you don't have to get another vehicle. You can actually have them put leather seats in that vehicle. You see what I'm saying? So I want you to see just a vision of Ford seats or whatever car you drive, seat after seat after seat after seat. After seat, seat after seat for your expedition, seat after seat for your Ford 150, seat after seat for your Honda Accord, seat after seat. Yes, Lord. Now, these are people who are just practicing. Where do you think they got the idea to be able to replace a part? Come on. Lord have mercy. Because the manufacturer is the one who is anointed. That's why they tell, okay. That's why you shouldn't get a Mercedes until you can afford Mercedes maintenance. Because when you have a Mercedes, the four people not supposed to be working on your car. Cause they not certified. Because they're not the manufacturers to work on your car. Why you let everybody work on you but God? Are they certified to work on you? My God. So now imagine heaven, however you feel heaven looks. And I want you to imagine a distribution center. Yes, yes. You know, like Walmart distribution center. You know, when Walmart needs something, it's in the distribution center. They have a system that lets you know how many are out. They then supply more to the store. But I want you to imagine heaven in a warehouse, a distribution center. Body parts on body parts on body parts. Why so many body parts? Just in case something happens. Well, why so many more body parts? Because nobody asked for them. Jesus. Because nobody asked for him. We got somebody in here who got a new liver. The doctor said their liver was done. The doctor said they were going to die. The doctor said there was nothing they could do for their liver. But God gave them a new liver. Hallelujah. He is Jehovah Barah, the God who created Sometimes you need a healing, okay? Sometimes you need a creative miracle. Yes, Lord. He's both. Yes, Lord. So here's what we're going to do. Yes. You see those body parts? Yes. And I just want to tell you, one of the biggest traps of the enemy is to get adults not to use their imagination. Uh-huh. Because God and the enemy know that you cannot live beyond what you can see. So if the enemy can make you so mature, that you don't use your imagination, it's hard for you to see what God is doing. But I see a warehouse with body parts. Because I just cannot believe that Ford could be smarter than God. I cannot believe that Ford could know that people need that people will need parts for their cars. But God would know that people could need parts for their body and not have body parts. So here's what we're going to do. If you need healing in your body. I just want you to say
Now, did you see that warehouse? Mika said when she got up today, open heaven. Kristen said today, open heaven. Pastor Elwin said today, open heaven. Can you believe that the heaven is open? Can you believe that in spite of the fact that you ate bad, in spite of the fact that you drank too much, in spite of the fact that it's hereditary in your body, in spite of the fact that nobody's ever been cured for him before, can you believe that the same God who saved you heals you? Yes, God. So this is what we're going to do. FOC people, Erica, Mish, Kristen, Rich, Tate, there are people standing, Carrie, Ralph, Kenosha. See the people that are standing? You're going to just lay hands on them. You're not going to labor. You're just going to lay hands on them. And the people who are standing, don't look at the people praying for you. Really try to challenge yourself to keep your eyes closed and see heaven. You know, in almost all the pictures they show of Jesus, they always show him hands open. No man comes to Jesus believing and doesn't receive. Well, what if you saw him hands open with a kidney in one hand? What if you saw him hands open with a new heart? Whatever you need. So, prayer team, move out, touch people. Father, I thank you that you are the God of creative miracles. And I ask you to do it so they will know it's possible, because I already believe. That they would know that the same blood that saved them is the same blood that healed them. That they would receive the free gift of healing the way that they received 